You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 118. Optimizing your blog post images is an essential part of maintaining your food blog's site speed and keeping your site running smoothly. In today's episode, I'm sharing some strategies for making sure that you are properly optimizing your blog images. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for The Vine Podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey, food bloggers, welcome back to another episode of the Vine Podcast. I'm super excited that you're tuning in to today's episode, and this is one that was a fun one for me to prepare for because I really had to kind of go back to the drawing board, if you will, of what my best tips would be for image optimization, because this is something that we face with every single one of our clients in some capacity, whether it's just making sure that they're using the right plugins or we're going through a complete process to optimize their blog images. And so I know this is something that is super important for food bloggers to understand, and I'm really excited to share some of these tips with you. Now, if you're brand new to the podcast, I'm super excited that you are tuning in today, and I hope that you will find this podcast is valuable and that you're able to walk away with some tips of things that you can implement right away. I really try to stick to exactly what we need to cover in these episodes because I want them to be short and sweet for you guys, and I know so many of you have shared that you love that these episodes are short. You can listen to them while you're cooking dinner or while you're driving your kids to school. Whatever it is that you are doing while you are listening or wherever you're listening from, I am just super excited that you are tuning in today. My name is Madison Wetherill, and I'm the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios. Over there, we build custom websites and brands for food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level and to really create deeper connections with their audience. A lot of our clients have been around for many years, and they have hundreds to thousands of blog posts in their archives, and they're really finding that their website and their brand needs an overhaul to match the caliber and the professionalism of the business that they have built over the years. A lot of our clients who come to work with us have DIY'd their website along the way or their branding, and they're really ready to step into more of a CEO role of their business and to create a high quality professional website that is beautiful, functional, and lightning fast. One of our recent client launches said this about her struggles prior to working together, and I just loved hearing this transformation from her. She said that my theme before was a generic theme with no personalization at all, and I had just about zero branding and no cohesive feel. I always felt like my website was never very organized or easy to search. Now it's completely the opposite. I have a cohesive brand that is reflected in my website. Now I feel confident that my brand will be recognized and my site is fast and easy to use. She also shared that her website page speed is faster than it was before. and she's able to achieve that speed with a lot less plugins than she was when she was using a pre-made theme. And it's really those kind of results that we just love hearing from our clients. And if those results are some of the things that you would like to see with your website, I would love to chat to see if it's a mutual fit to work together. We are quickly filling up the rest of our spots for the year. And if you're listening to this in the future or you're ever curious about how we work with clients, you can always check out the link in the show notes or visit graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab. Okay, so let's dive in and talk about blog image optimization, because like I said, this is something that we have 
a process for and we go through with each of our clients to make sure that their images are actually optimized and that they are doing everything possible to make their site run really smoothly. So let's start with just talking about why image optimization even matters. So if you think about how many images you have in every blog post, you probably have a minimum of maybe four all the way up to five or six, maybe even 10 images in posts, depending on if you use collages or, you know, process photos and that type of thing. So if you think of that for just one blog post, if your images are not a small file size, every single one of them has to load while your page is also loading. And the more images that you have that are a large file size, the longer it is going to take your page to load. Now you multiply that by hundreds or thousands of blog posts and all of a sudden you have a really, really resource heavy website that is going to take a long time to load. Now, even if your images are lazy loaded or you have used different plugins to help you optimize things, at the end of the day, if you are trying to load an image that is really large versus an image that is as small as it possibly can be, it's of course gonna take longer to fully load a larger size image. And so image optimization is really important for all of those reasons because it helps your site to load fast, it helps you to use less resources on your server, and ultimately it's going to help give your readers a better user experience because things are loading quickly. Now there's also another side to this, which has nothing to do with page speed specifically, but is more of an optimization for SEO and really for best user experience. So I'm gonna kind of cover all sides of this as much as I can with being just kind of high level with these things because I know that it can be so different for every single site, but I'm gonna kind of share some best strategies and sort of best workflows for being able to optimize your food blog images. So the first thing that you need to think about is how you are optimizing your images before you even upload them into your website. So you wanna make sure that you're resizing the images before you upload them to your website. Now, regardless of what kind of camera you're using, cameras and even iPhones, whatever cell phone you're using, they take really, really large images that are able to be printed. And they're also going to be at a resolution that is higher than what is required for online purposes. Online, you don't need your images to be anything more than 72 DPI. So a camera is going to take an image that is, let's say 10 times larger than you actually need it to be. And that is gonna be in terms of the pixel sizes, the resolution or the DPI, and also the actual file size. So again, when you think about having hundreds or thousands of images on your site, this adds up to be a lot of resources that you don't need to have on your site because at the end of the day, your a screen, a computer screen is only going to render an image at a certain resolution and a certain size. So it's not as important for these images to be as crisp and clear as they would be if they were being printed. Now, I know this is something that is so hard for food bloggers because we spend so much time on our images and making them you know, perfectly composed and edited and all of that stuff. But we really need to be using a program like Lightroom or Photoshop to resize these images before we upload them to WordPress. Google recommends having your images at 1200 pixels wide, and that is kind of the new standard of what size you need to have for not only a featured image or a recipe card image, but just all of your images in general. If you can have them be that size wide, the vertical height doesn't matter as much. It can be dependent on whether it's a vertical or a horizontal image, but you wanna make sure that they are 1200 pixels wide. Now I will say from working with a ton of pre-made themes and also all of our custom themes, that this size is going to be more than large enough to be able to fit the content width that you might have in a blog post. And so this is just a really great best practice that is going to help you have your images set up right for right now, but also in the future. 
Now, as I mentioned, your images do not need to be at 300 DPI or 300 resolution. 72 is fine because these are all web-based images. Now, you don't necessarily want to not have a copy of your image that might be full resolution in case you need that someday. But when we're talking about the ones that are going to be uploaded to your website, make sure that you are changing that resolution because at the end of the day, a computer screen is only going to show it at that resolution regardless of what size the file is or what size you upload it as. And then your ideal file size is going to be somewhere between 100 kilobytes and 250 kilobytes. Now I know from my experience on my own food blog that most of the time my images, even when I compress them to be 1200 pixels wide and 72 DPI, they're still larger than this unless I kind of compress them further. So that file size is an important thing to note and to really be making sure you get as close to that size as possible. You definitely don't want your images to be multiple megabytes or anything like that. And then one more thing that you want to make sure that you're doing before you upload your images is that you're always renaming your images before you upload. WordPress still does not have a way to rename a file after it's been uploaded into WordPress. And so this is definitely something that you want to do before you upload. I always name my images, whatever my post title is going to be. So for example, my image might be called easy-shrimp-marinade.jpg or whatever it is that I'm using. So that's something to keep in mind and to make sure that you're doing before you upload so that you don't have to have multiple images uploaded to your media library. After your images are uploaded to WordPress, there are kind of two sides to what happens with image optimization. There is optimizing the actual images themselves and using different plugins to be able to compress the file sizes. And then there's also SEO optimization and things that you should do to best have your images ready for SEO. So first let's talk about what happens with optimizing the actual images. Now for our clients who are using Big Scoots as their hosting platform, we recommend optimizing with Cloudflare Enterprise, which is going to negate the need for another image optimization plugin. It also negates the need for other plugins for site speed in general. And so overall, this is just a really great option for those of you who are using Big Scoots to be able to add this onto your package. And it's a really affordable option to be able to optimize your images better than any other plugin that we have seen. And it's also going to take care of some other things that you might need for site speed optimization in general. However, if you're not on this hosting platform or you don't want to get Cloudflare Enterprise separately, you can use a plugin like ShortPixel or Imagify. These are great plugins if you're not able to use Cloudflare Enterprise for whatever reason that will help to basically compress your file size even more and be able to kind of control the way that the image is being shown in your blog post. The short and sweet version of this is really that you just want to make sure you have a plugin that is optimizing your images after you upload them. It really is not enough to optimize them before you upload without doing anything on sort of the server side of things. So you really want to make sure you're doing both to be able to create the smallest file sizes possible and to load your images as fast as possible. So when it comes to SEO optimization, there's a few things that you should remember to do for SEO. The first thing to do is what I've already mentioned, which is renaming your images before you upload them. This is something that actually helps with keyword optimization and Google recognizing what your image is about. And there's a few other ways that Google recognizes what your image is about as well, but starting with naming the image correctly is going to be a really big thing. Then you also want to remember to fill out the alt text for screen readers. So this is something that is a description of what is happening in the image. So for example, an image of 
cooked shrimp skewers on a white plate. That is something that describes physically what the image is. It's not specifically using your keywords necessarily. It's just describing what is in the image so that if somebody is using a screen reader to read your blog post, that they are going to have that visual description of what is in the image. And then the second is to make sure that you're adding a title to your image. So this is just going to describe the image in a general sense. And this can often be exactly what the same title is that you're using for your blog post. So something like shrimp marinade or grilled shrimp. Now, this is something that we briefly talked about in the episode where I interviewed our online business manager about creating systems for your blog. But what I would recommend is once you have sort of this process down and you know what you're going to do to actually write this process down and create yourself a checklist of things that you're going to do. If you're not already following all of these steps, it might be really hard to change your process to start implementing all of these things. So having a checklist for yourself is really going to help you to make sure that you are optimizing your images every time and that you're doing it the same way so that even if you haven't done any of this up until now moving forward you can know that you are following best practices for your images and then you can decide what to do with all of your old images but even installing a plugin or using something like Cloudflare Enterprise to compress the images you already have is going to be a really good first step and then just moving forward if you go ahead and start optimizing your images before you upload as well you're going to see a really big difference in how that affects your page speed. I hope that this episode was helpful for you and at least is a good starting place for you in creating a new process and system for yourself when it comes to optimizing your images. And as always, if you feel like you need a way to visually read this post or if you feel like you need a place to save for later to come back to, you can always head to the show notes for the episode and you will see the written version of the episode where you can bookmark it or be able to copy and paste things over to a project management system, whatever it is that you need. So I'd just like to remind you guys that that is there for you. You can always go to thevinepodcast.com and you can see the latest show notes there. And then as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you are considering redesigning your website this year, I would love to chat with you and see if we are a mutual fit to work together. And if our package would be able to serve you in really creating a web presence for your blog that is going to connect you with your ideal audience, is going to be able to help you increase your rankings on Google because your page speed is incredibly fast and overall just give you an increased sense of confidence in your brand and in your messaging as you go out and connect with your audience more. So again, if that is you, please reach out over at graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab to find out more. If you guys have any questions on this episode, please let me know, but I hope that it was helpful. And until next week, friends, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.